Welcome to the Pinstripe Valley Podcast. We are talking about the Yankees after their third straight weekend of getting swept. So, you know, it's going to be a good time with me, Andrew Burns, and my co-host, Kun Shaw. How are you? I don't quite know how to answer that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Thank you, Garrett Cole, for the inspiration this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's important to have the uh, five-second pause in there, too, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was one of the longest pauses I've ever heard on camera. <laughs> Just like, it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the video froze. I'm like, wow, this feed is no, bad. Yeah, then... He literally just did not move at all. It's like, ah, uh, are you still doing Mr. Zoom? Did you reset the Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, did, did uh, the twins need to plug it back in? Did they have another wireless access point that the Yankees beat writers can use? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been a you know joyous week. Uh, obviously, it started off with some wins in Minnesota, which is not surprising and always appreciated, especially after the dismal way that last weekend ended. But of course, that was a mirage. The Yankees lost in pretty devastating fashion on Thursday, and then they got pantsed by the Phillies in two games over the weekend. So we're back to where we started, if not a little bit worse, because the Yankees are only one game over 500. Yeah, if they end the week at... 500 or better they'll just be lucky i won't even say like oh my god they did a good job no they'll just be lucky <laughs> yeah they have a tough week ahead of them because they have to play three games in buffalo where they lost a whole bunch last year against the blue jays and a lineup that just set the red sox pitching staff on fire so good good and then yeah. they'll get three games against the a's who are in first place so what's that uh what's that stat that you, i think you you or somebody tweeted that like they scored 10 runs in three games against a team that's now given up 51 in six games or yeah something like that? yeah and i think the red sox gave up two more runs after that too so you know <laughs> it got even worse the ultimate retoo picked yeah Ugh. so yeah the yankees are bad yeah yep but mm-hmm. the twins are worse mm-hmm. and then a chapman um farted and um, that sums up the week that he did and <laughs> Jameson Tyone got one out in his start hard to win games when your starting pitcher gets one out although weirdly credit to the Yankees offense for actually coming back in that game and making yeah. it interesting I did not see that coming the DJ LeMahieu homer was about as good a highlight as we've had in some time and of course the goodwill was promptly flushed down the drain so yeah I mean for all we talk about hey why doesn't Chapman just pitch the 10th well, it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a perfect strategy. So no, but hey, they tried it. <laughs> yeah, they, they tried it. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was Aroldis Chapman's. This is why I don't pitch the tenth inning game. Yeah, just gonna be like, oh, this is see, I, I'm right. <laughs> Take this, Burns. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but that, that uh that Thursday loss was pretty pretty stunning just how quickly that all went to shit you know what was that nine pitches and two two run home runs and that was it yeah i mean anybody who's listened to me read anything i've ever written knows i would love nothing more than to just shit on aroldis chapman and i'm gonna a little bit but not fully we've gotten used to like you know aroldis chapman being really good and really like clutch this year and the fact that like you know he hasn't really put them in many scary situations and you know he's been just extremely dominant for him to come out and just do that it was just weird to see especially because like the bullpen largely has been dependable for the most part obviously you know there's been a few blunders here and there but to see just chapman just completely have nothing at all was interesting (laughs) 
Yeah, the way that uh, Donaldson and Cruz destroyed those baseballs, they weren't not cheap shots either. Those were demolished. And no, yeah, <laughs> you'd never expect it in a Yankees Twins game either. And granted, you always know that it's possible in the back of your mind. I, I still remember Mariano Rivera blowing a save by giving a grand slam to Jason Kubel one time, right. which was especially weird. But still, like it, you just you're like, oh yeah, this will probably finish up a sweep, and it. Obviously, it sucks that they lost the last game, but you know they still sort of had that great momentum going from that twin series anyway, and then they did nothing with it because momentum is not that real in baseball. So yeah, and like you know, thinking about the twin series, like I think we talked about it last week, but like you know, it kind of felt like a little bit of a trap series where like nothing good would come of it, whether they won or lost. But ultimately, like the two games that they won, they won in like good fashion. Like the offense was actually like clicking. It wasn't just like they squeaked out like a couple wins, or the other team didn't just gift them wins. Like the Yankees actually offense actually won those two games, they did. and they were well on their way to winning the third one. So, like, you know, it was nice to see. And, yeah, just sometimes shit happens. <laughs> yeah, and they the offense is pretty much rolling until they hit the Aaron Nola machine on Sunday and got completely shut out. So, again, one of those things where there were positive vibes and then they were, you know, destroyed. So now they got to prove that that was just a one-game blip to them, that they are on the upswing, which is important because now their pitching's on the downswing. As we entered the season, most of the questions were around the pitching staff for a good reason. And now, you know, it's taken a little bit of time because they were doing better than expected, but now they've regressed. And we definitely look at a rotation of Garrett Cole. And again, a whole bunch of nobodies. Corey Kluber got injured, which is not shocking. Jameson Tyon is underwhelming, which is not shocking. And Domingo Herman was looking good. Then he got roughed up on Sunday. Jordan Montgomery, I can still only trust as like a mid-rotation starter. And um, as we talked about, now, the bullpen was causing problems for us the previous week. And now this past week, Chapman was bad. Wandy Peralta was bad. They got Zach Britton back, which is nice. But it's been a tough time for the pitching. There was a really damning stat that I saw the other day after the Herman start on Sunday. Yankee starters over the past 14 games have an ERA of 6.16 which to quote the manager in the other dugout is not what you want. Yeah. I was literally about to say, is that what you want? No, (laughs) no, it is not confirmed. Yeah. I mean, we knew the Yankees were on thin ice when they were just depending on their pitching staff to kind of just go out and perform above and beyond. And they were doing that, but eventually some regression was going to happen and we're here now. So it's not fun. It's not pretty. We really need the offense to, uh, kick it into gear because like yeah I mean it was great that they were able to come back and whatever but you you really got to just you know score runs against Aaron Nola <laughs> like the first game was fine they came back that was cool and all and like and, you know yeah Chapman shit the bed and lost the game whatever that, that's gonna happen but can't let Aaron Nola go seven and two-thirds inning no run baseball <laughs> Yeah, and this is not to take anything away from Aaron Nola, because unlike when they were getting blanked in that Tiger series, Aaron Nola is a good pitcher, and maybe they don't win that game anyway because Herman pitched so terribly and give up seven right. runs. But even still, <laughs> that was just such a lifeless performance from the offense. They got three hits, and of course, we had our classic terrible Yankees base running with uh, Rugno Dodor actually doubling in the seventh, and then getting thrown out trying to go to third on a grounder to shortstop, which how many times has this happened for this one season? Even John Sterling was like, I, I don't know what the hell I'm watching basically. <laughs> in the broadcast um, booth. 
Yeah, like honestly, if the Yankees are not hitting a home run, I just I'm not excited about any hit because I feel like they're just gonna get thrown out on the base somehow or thrown out at home or ground into a double play. It's just not gonna be good. It's not gonna end well unless they hit a freaking home run. And yeah, that's and something not, like, and, to like chastise home runs. I love home runs. Yeah, and, and not to like say that it'd be fine if a rookie did it, but this is Rugnit Odor, who has been in the league now seven years or so and he cannot make those mistakes and yet he's just gonna continue trolling around on this roster because he is a zero hit against the luxury tax and that's all that brian cashman and hal steinbrenner seem to care about i have an idea mm-hmm. the yankees should fire aaron boone mm-hmm. and hire buck show walter to yell at the yankees well and this has been hire, a great will... podcast <laughs> <laughs> you didn't let me you didn't let me finish Buck Showalter, by yelling at them, will help them put the fun back in fundamentals. <laughs> oh, God. The Yankees should not hire Buck Showalter. <laughs> he will not put the fun in fundamentals. He also won't yell them into hitting. And it's just a terrible, terrible idea if you think Buck Showalter should be the manager of the Yankees right now. Just disclaimer in case anybody thought that was serious. Yeah, I think Zach Britton will also slash Brian Cashman's tires and probably Kunja's tires just for suggesting it. <laughs> even, if, even though you said it as a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is no joking matter to me. <laughs> I still like when he had, at some point on Twitter, someone posted like a screenshot of like an eBay sale for Zach Britton game used AL wildcard jersey. And he was like, game used? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Like uh, yes, do not hire Buck Walter to just leave the best relievers hanging out there. And also, no. disclaimer: he's not even going to yell at them either. He didn't when he was with the Orioles. That was not like a thing with them. So, no. This you're thinking of a Buck Walter that has long since ceased to be, and now he's he's even giving interviews where it's like, yeah, I'd probably do things about the same as Aaron Boone. So, what do you want? Yeah, literally, his his, his solution was, I don't know, be better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Yankees should try that. Oh, see, we we thought we thought that we should, you know, take a giant dump on the baseball field. (laughs) Now Aaron Boone has something to work with. You just see him like on a whiteboard in his office. Be better. Be better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Again, I guess we we also need to talk about the whole spider tack thing, too, don't we? Yeah, I guess that's a thing. Yeah, this has been like basically the story of baseball. It's permeated enough that even like my father-in-law knows about it. So that means that it's definitely crossed over to like the New York Times and all that. Right. And I I understand a lot of where it's coming from, basically, because it is kind of bullshit that they've been able to make a substance that can manipulate the baseball in ways far beyond, you know, your traditional rosin, even like the, you know, sunscreen mix with, with pine tar or whatever that like David Cohn has often talked about. That's one thing. But with, with the spider tech stuff and a lot of all that other shit is just way worse. And I so I get it from that perspective. No, it's definitely not a good, good thing at all. But the only thing I really am not enjoying, and obviously this might be just personal bias, but like, I don't love that Garrett Cole's like becoming like the poster boy for this. Like, obviously he's yeah. put himself in not great situation with this. Obviously Trevor Bauer and Josh Donaldson have said shit. There's also that, I think some email that came out from like the clubhouse guy in Anaheim where like Cole was asking for it or whatever. So it's not really like a great exact look for him, but I don't believe he's the only one using this or he's like, you know, the brainchild. I feel like it'd be bad to kind of just put it all on him and like make an example out of him and nobody else. I think, the the right way to go about it is just because there's no real way to enforce like who's done it in the past i think 
unless yeah the the, the way to go about it now is just like all right going forward this is what we're gonna do maybe if they want to hand out a bunch of fines and shit but like if there's any real suspensions or whatever that come out based on like past usage i'm gonna be pissed <laughs> no the, the solely focusing on the garrett cole is losing the forest for the trees it's sort of the same thing that we saw in the height of the ped era where like, the idea seemed to be let's throw it at the feet of mark mcguire sammy sosa barry bonds all these guys roger clemens and make them you know the vilified people and use them as examples, basically. And other podcasts have made this point too. Better podcasts, I should say. <laughs> and wait, 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 wait! I have to stop you right there. There are yeah. better podcasts. Shockingly, yes. <laughs> yeah, I recommend sorry. Office Ladies. It doesn't have anything <laughs> to do with baseball. <laughs> it's actually a good world there. <laughs> yes, yes, but anyway, it's, it's akin to the the PED hunt where simply dropping big names isn't going to be enough. And I think there's a reason why MLB as a whole, has not decided to go that angle anyway, because they are looking at this as a league-wide issue. Otherwise, you'd see MLB personally like saying, hey, Garrett Cole, you know, you can't do that or whatever. This is not a, just a Garrett Cole thing. He may be the chief offender, much like Trevor Bauer and so many other people in the Dodgers because their spin rates have been crazy. But right. this is not just them. And so the, I do agree that probably what they'll end up doing is quietly finding people and then setting a policy going forward. Be like, okay, if you get caught after this, then you're dumb and you deserve to be punished. So, yeah. yeah. And while we're at it, I did I did enjoy Buster Olney's tweet where he thought he was like giving some insightful numbers. Like, <laughs> In two months, uh, a batting average so from April 1st to June 4th, batting average was 236. And from June 5th to June 13th, it was 246. Like, bro, we're talking eight days versus like two months. Like, yeah, and eight really days, a lot out of this? Eight days in like, warm like, weather too, not yeah. just like April to May, where traditionally offense is suppressed anyway. There are better numbers to look at, which show how like the spin rates have gone down in June. But this simply looking at like the batting average is not. <laughs> it's not going to do anything for you <laughs> no no but one last note about this like can mlb just come together and just say hey we're going to authorize this one thing for pitchers to use let them use it and then anything that's not this we will uh, enforce them just like it's we've been talking i've admittedly not been the long a uh, lifelong yankees fan i kind of you know came into the game late i still remember like in seven years ago the michael pineda tar a uh, pine tar incident and we were talking about this then Hey, let's just have one thing for pitchers to use. And it's, I feel like it's just consistently there as like a conversation that nobody actually wants to have or figure out. Just, just do the thing. Yeah. And this is how they take care of the baseballs in Japan. They all have this universal substance that's used and that makes it just easier. And I think this is something that they've talked about. Maybe this will come up involved in the next CBA. At least maybe that's something that they could perhaps agree on. I mean, God knows how that whole negotiation is going to go. But that is something that really should be standardized because you don't want pitchers to have no idea where the ball is going, especially when so many of them throw so hard. You don't want people getting drilled in the face. Yeah, I, I do have some uh, breaking news about the upcoming negotiations. I have uh, okay. on good authority that it will be a shit show. Ah, yes, that's true. <laughs> Uh, my sources have confirmed. I cannot name them sources, but they have confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be its own joy to discuss about on this show once we get to then. But, you know, we've got a whole bunch of fun Yankees baseball to watch until then. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, as we said, they'll probably be fortunate if they're over 500 <laughs> at the end of the week yeah. after this series of the Jays and then the A's. So, good times. Fun times.
Mm-hmm. You know what's funny though? I know earlier in the season we were on like Michael King uh, baseball reference war watch. Yes. And while he has still not made it back to the top 12, hmm. you know who is in the top 12? Um, Nestor Cortez. Okay, no. Not, it, things are not that dire. <laughs> but I'll give you a hint. He is a pitcher, but also a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> Lucas Lickie. <laughs> yes, currently sitting at number 12. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about how the, the top 12 on this page was normalizing and like, you know, the faces we expect to see are, 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 are showing up. And now we're back to uh, Johnny Lasagna is uh, third on the team in Baseball Reference War. Right. And Lucas Litney is 12. And don't worry, his uh, bio still says stay at home dad. Stay at home dad. Oh, 100%. Yes. I am on Lucas Litney watch. I, I check his Twitter every every time before we podcast in case he has removed that, just so I can give the world an update. And yes, yeah. the whole world, everyone's yes. listening to this. But we need to know, you know. <laughs> okay, well, on, on that more cheerful note than we had, let's uh, take an ad break and we'll be right back. And we're back. So should we go and meet a baby bomber, try to lift our spirits, or do you have anything else we want to talk about? I think uh, meeting a baby bomber, that's a good idea. Some would even say, this is the way. This is the way. All right. Who is your Grogu of the week or whatever? <laughs> if my my hint wasn't enough, it's going to be uh, Beckway. So Beckway was selected in the fourth round of the 2020 draft. And this year is really the first year that the Yankees are looking at him, obviously, in a professional setting. Because, well, if he was selected in the 2020 draft in 2020, there was no baseball in the minors. Guess what happened? But no, he's up, he's up to a pretty decent start uh, so far. In uh, four games over three starts, he has a 2.35 ERA for the uh, low-A Tampa Tarpons. He was actually the last pick of the Yankees 2020 draft because if you remember, the 2020 was only a five-round draft and the Yankees lost their fifth round because they signed Garrett Cole. But Way's a six foot four right-handed pitcher. He went undrafted in 2018 as a high schooler, but then he ended up in Northwest Florida State Junior College and kind of made a name for himself. It's funny because, like, so the, the, the scouting report on him was that he was a better pick than uh, Trevor Halver, who uh, was drafted a round ahead of him. But he, like I said, he's had a pretty good start to the year and he can hit like 97 on his fastball when he usually sits in like 92, 94 range. I think he'll be a fun kid to watch. Yeah. And uh, he actually also uh, spent time working with uh, Eric Cressy in the Eric Cressy sports performance like he was with there. Eric Cressy, we should say, uh, working with Corey Kluber fame. So hopefully Beckway does not strain his shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully hopefully he does not have the same shoulder injury as him. Our own Dan Kelly actually interviewed Beckway last September. We'll link to that article. So he is officially a, quote, friend of Pinstripe Alley. So good man. He likes us. And he went to... Uh, as you said, Northwest Florida State College is in Niceville, Florida. So that's how you know. <laughs> also known as 69ville. <laughs> Thank you. 2015 for that joke. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Cool. Beckway's a good dude. Beckway's a good dude. He should be fun. This is the way. This is the way. I really just wanted to say this is the way about 17 times. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my meet a baby bomber will be Barrett Losicki. He is in Hudson Valley and is a reliever. 
Baseball America had him as the number 30 ranked prospect in the Yankee system before the season. So not really like a huge guy, but a guy of some note, we will say. He went to high school in Jenks, Oklahoma, which I discovered is the same high school that Josh Johnson went to. There's a throwback picture for you. Do you remember Josh Johnson? I was thinking about the guy who was like a backup quarterback for the Giants for like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only Josh Johnson I know of. No, this guy was on the Marlins and had some promise and was in a whole bunch of like, oh, the Yankees trade for Josh Johnson posts before he got hurt a million times. (laughs) No, yeah, like this Josh Johnson, I think he he was just like in like off season and then he just he was just like cut during preseasons. I think with the Giants, like I don't think he ever actually made the team, but yeah, he was a human being who was there. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Different Josh Johnson, but. Anyway, back to Barrett He pitched at University of Arkansas and had them in the College World Series. He was one of their pitchers when they finished runner-up in 2018. He had an 11.4 K per nine and a 2.68 ERA in 53 and two-thirds innings as a junior. The Yankees drafted him in the 17th round of the 2018 draft, and he pitched the rest of that year for them in the Gulf Coast League. And he... Put in a good showing in 2019 with Staten Island, RIP. He appeared in 18 games, 27 and a third innings for the Not Pizza Rats with 2.96 ERA, a .951 whip, and a 10.5 K per nine. He's worked to bump his velocity up to 95 with some late action for the Yankees organization. So he's sort of got like a Chad Green thing going where he might not like light up the velocity charts, but he's got some action going on there that might help him out. And he also improved the slider that would have been ready for 2020, except for that whole, you know, pandemic thing that canceled that season. So is that what happened? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. My sources are working to confirm, but he's now in Hudson Valley with a 3.93 ERA and a 12.8 K per nine. And his control has been shaky. He's been walking 6.4 batters per nine, which is you know, not what you want, but he did also skip a level to get there. He was in, as we said, short season A, Staten Island, but he skipped low A, Tampa completely and went straight to high A, partially because he's 24. So you might as well test to see what he has. And the Yankees liked what they saw from him. So maybe we will see him at some point down the road. And a fun fact I learned about him is that his second cousin is Alex Gordon, which sounds made up, but (laughs) honestly, between his name, where he's from, everything just sounds made up about him, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing sounds real. Yeah, it sounds like, oh, yeah, my second cousin's Alex Gordon. It's like, well, no one's going to, like, check you on that. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess. Sure. Like, sure, if you say so. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, he was the salutatorian of his high school class, so good for him. Good for you. Good for you, Alex this is Gordon's also the way. second cousin. This is also the way. Yes. So, Barrett that's my immediate baby bomber. Still a made-up name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we go to Yankee and Mitre of the Week? I guess we have to talk about the Major League team again. Yep. <laughs> so who's your Yankee of the Week? Is it going to be the schedule makers for giving you two off days? So, so it was, but I do have a legitimate Yankee of the Week, and it is not Lucas Litke for cra- cracking the top 12 the baseball <laughs> Although he was in consideration just for that feat alone. No, uh, my Yankee of the Week is going to be one Mr. DJ LeMayhew. He had a pretty solid week uh, batting 333, 333, 542. So, like, you know, he didn't walk at all, but he had four multi-hit games, eight hits total. Three of them were for extra bases, including two doubles and a home run. Because I know, like, last week we talked about how it had been, like, three weeks since we saw anything from him that, like, resembled any power. Any hit he got was just a single, and he just hadn't had an extra base hit since, like, the middle of May. So it was just a nice little turnaround for him. Obviously, you know, the no walks kind of bring down his overall OPS, but it was still uh, 875, and it was good for a WRC plus of 140 for the week. So, yeah. Hey, Mr. DJ. Welcome back. Hopefully. 
Yeah, I mean, that was good to see any positive development from him rather than just more of the same, because if the Yankees have any hope of rebounding, they need DJ LeMahieu to, if not be the 2020-2019 version, at least a close approximation. And this was yeah, uh, a much more encouraging week. <laughs> somewhere in between what he has been and what he is, I would still take right now. <laughs> yeah. Closer to what he has been. Well, I'm going to dial it back for my Yankee of the Week and make it Brett Gardner who apparently hit 500 in the last week, which is, you know, you, you hit 500, you get to be Yankee of the Week. That's doing some good work. <laughs> but he's been anemic pretty much the entire season. He's only finally started to get back a little bit to normal in June. In the whole month, he's hitting 333, 469, 667, which is good because the Yankees have had to play him a lot more with Aaron Hicks out and Clint Frazier not really doing much of anything. So Darner's been hitting, which is all you can really hope for. He got blanked on Sunday too, though. So maybe that was just also a mirage. But for now, he can be your old man Yankee of the week. Yeah, I mean, he did do well enough to raise his batting average from like the 180s to low 200. So congratulations. Yes, that's pretty much it's it's a very low bar that we have a Brett Gardner right now. But, you know, whatever. He's doing OK, which is more than I could say for most of these losers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like for a while, I was convinced of a uh, of going forward with a primary outfield of Aaron Judge in center with like and Duhar and Clint Frazier in left and right. But like you said, Clint Frazier's he's had like <sighs> random spurts here and there, but it's still just like hasn't really clicked. So like I don't know that I love giving him all the time like you know more time this week especially for Frazier was just rough I mean he didn't he didn't play a lot so do no caveat there but he hit a grand total of 182 he had two hits over 14 plate appearances it's not what you want great nope 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 it's been a bad week oh boy I almost made my Yankee of the Week Nestor Cortez because his dumbass deliveries were providing me some weird brief highlights during some of these losses (laughs) Because that's the only time he ever bitches. <laughs> <laughs> when I literally wrote down, if you had taken Brett Gardner, my said I wrote backup Nestor Cortez because who cares, man? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Uh, just a real quick correction on Clint Frazier. He's hitting 125 for the week uh, since we last <laughs> podcast. I accidentally included the last game of the Boston series from the last weekend. So he, he, he got a little boost with his one hit in that game. You gave him too much credit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, he hasn't really played much this week. So it's not really like he had any opportunities. But before that, he wasn't really doing much to earn opportun- opportunities. Yeah, he had a few hits here and there. Seemed like he may be kind of turning into a thing, but then it just wasn't happening. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the real star of the show, the Mitri of the Week. Who you got? My Mitri of the Week is you for making me talk about the Yankees. <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll claim that one. <laughs> no, uh, in all honesty, my Mitri of the Week is going to be Jameson Tyon. Like, I know we keep talking about how, like, I get, at least me, I keep mentioning how, like, the offense makes it hard for me to care about the pitching when they screw up or whatever. But you got to go more than one out of an inning if you're the starting pitcher. It's really not good. Like, the concerns were obviously there, and we all kind of saw some version of this coming. I was more concerned about whether or not he'd be healthy enough to pitch, unless he's, like, hiding, like, a secret injury. And that's kind of why... He's been underperforming, but it's just not good. And said so you really got to go out there and 
do more to, if you want to stay in this rotation. But I guess he really also has the security blanket of there's no other options behind him. So he doesn't really have to do better because there's no threat because Debbie Garcia is not really doing much in the minors. He's struggling with, with his own stuff. Luis Severino had a setback. So it's not like he's, you know, lurking around soon. He, not, he didn't have a setback. Sorry, I, I misspoke. He basically had a, he had a groin injury. So, you know, his arm is fine, but he had a groin, groin injury in uh, one of his rehab games. So, you know, he's going to be pushed back a little bit. So, yeah, uh, we're stuck with Tyon for the time being, and uh, he's going to just need to figure out a way to do better. Yeah, in the Pinstrip Alley Slack, we were pitching around some topic ideas, and one of them was considering moving Tyon to the bullpen or something like that. And, you know, we had to come to the realization that there really just is not any viable replacement right now. And it just sucks <laughs> because, like, it felt like maybe we were going to get Severino in a little bit, but now with the groin injury, he's probably getting pushed back. And... Debbie Garcia, you, the listener, he just walked you, I'm pretty sure. So yes. <laughs> that's not going well either. And Tyone Michael just, King's already starting. <laughs> yeah. So Tyone gets to just hang in by default right now. But ugh. that was the first game the all year that the Yankees scored seven runs and lost, which right. is kind of damning on the offense because, you know, you'd expect that would have happened at least once between April and mid-June. But there you go. So. <laughs> Very deserving well, Mitre of the week. I'm pretty sure they haven't even scored seven runs between April and Mitre. <laughs> I mean, that's not accurate, but more just an indictment. Oh, but going back to my Yankee of the week really quickly, um, DJ LeMahieu for that clutch home run in the ninth inning uh, in uh, Philly. That, that's also part of it. Forgot to yes. mention that. No, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Anyway, your right. Mitre of the week. My Mitre of the week is a man who also had an ERA of 108 in the past week, and that is a Roldis Chapman. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's actually kind of funny in a very dark, I hate the Yankees kind of way, which they both had an ERA of 108 because they gave four runs in a third of an inning. And yeah, so that's... At least that's, Chapman did it over two games. Yeah, yeah. Chapman <laughs> was nice enough to spread his out after, you know, the zero winning disaster in Minnesota. Granted, you know, he did get hit with the stupid Manfred ball, but he still got tagged with the loss. He still did not field the bunt well. And that basically made it so that the Phillies were in a great position to win the game and easily. And that's exactly what they did. So whatever. You get me of the yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, we've talked enough about how Chapman's been, like, talented enough, like, where he should be pitching those games because he'll probably give... The, them the best opportunity especially like you know the way he's striking everybody out this year he's probably who you want in a manford ball situation again i don't know if it's whether you know it's just a bloop or he doesn't like you know pitching more than one inning whatever nonsense it is but then obviously it wasn't just uh one game so he's got to do better yep. everyone's got to do better the yankees have to do better yankees do else. better we're so tired of this <laughs> i don't want to talk about you anymore you know what my tree of the week is you again <laughs> we're back all right we're back Burns. all right yeah i think as being that i'm now the new mitre of the week again we need to end this podcast so yes. <laughs> uh so follow us on twitter at pinstrip alley follow me on twitter at Merns psa where are you on twitter this week uh last week i walked you through how to uh close uh twitter.com mm-hmm. this week i'm gonna walk you through shutting down your computer and just staying away from everything just just i, I still want nothing to do with any of y'all Good. good. Leave me alone. (laughs) Just take your device and throw it in the dumpster like Ron Swanson. Yes, very much so. It doesn't help that I actually watch the Yankees on my computer when I do watch them. So Ron Swanson throwing his machine into the dumpster is very tempting. And it does flash in my head every time I watch the Yankees. Because it's just like, yeah, I want to do this right now. But I shouldn't because things are expensive and cost money. And I'm smart. (laughs) And And mainly you use the computer for things beyond just Yankees. So, you know.
Believe it or not, I do. How else are you going to watch Loki presented by Disney Ooh. Plus? <laughs> that was fun, though. Yeah, Loki was good. Yeah, watch Loki instead of the Yankees. Watch there, Loki. There's, there's our recommendation. Yes. All right. So maybe the Yankees will beat the Blue Jays and A's. Probably not, but either way, we'll be back at some point. So <laughs> farewell. Very, very fun.